great British manufacturing podcast brought to you by MTD, MFG and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. On this week's show, we will review the latest positive news from the British manufacturing sector and welcome a special guest, Curtis Blight of Portsmouth-based XL Metal Spinning. But before we start with the news, I would like to talk about Factory Now. New members are joining the platform every week, which has been launched to help the British manufacturing sector boost sales, collaborate and reshore. Members include specialist workholder manufacturer TAME and technology company Insphere, which specialise in development and implementation of metrology and data capture systems for manufacturers. My name is Stuart Reynolds and joining me at this time is my co-host Stuart Whitehead. Stuart, welcome. Morning, Joe. Um, more good stories this week, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, let's jump straight in. Um, British Vault, we've talked about this at length. In fact, we've had them on the show, um, but the construction of their new giga plant in Northumberland, it's, it's underway, it started. Certainly has, so yeah, it wouldn't be a podcast without a giga factory, Joe. Um, so yeah, British Vault's construction partner, ISG, has been preliminary works at the power station site this week, after securing planning in July. The project will be built in phases towards total by the end of 27 onwards. On Saturday, the plant capability will be around 300,000 vehicle battery packs a year, intended primarily for the automotive industry. The £2.6 billion plant, one of the UK's largest ever industrial investment, is expected to take 3,000 direct jobs, 5,000 and, and the next story, um, I would say less than 10% would have heard of the company, but over 90% of our listeners will know the product they make. Uh, Pneumatic, they're set to build a new factory in Somerset, but tell our viewers, uh, you know, about Pneumatic and more importantly, the product they're well known for. Absolutely, it's gone down a storm this, uh, this week on social media. So Pneumatic International, I can say not many people know the company, but they are best known uh, for its Henry and Hetty vacuum cleaners, which are uh, extremely popular. They've announced plans to build a new £30 million factory set. Um, the British manufacturers bought a seven-acre site, Hillfield Road Industrial State. A bit of background, you know, Pneumatic was founded in 1969. It's still owned by Chris The company employs more than 1,000 people and exports around 40% of its Yeah, they, they are a true British manufacturing success story, aren't they? <clears throat> it's nice, they haven't, nice to see they haven't been gobbled up, isn't it, by, by some um, large consortium. But the next one... A huge company, PepsiCo, they've announced £24 million investment at one of their factories here in the UK. Yeah, very good news. So the American food and beverage giant is to invest £24 million, is to say, upgrading its factory in Lincoln, um, which is home of Bathers, one of Britain's most popular Um The investment will secure the listed building's future and the existing machinery designs. They find new equipment, including a packaging machine. The new equipment will be installed at Lincoln in mid-next year with initial work Okay, Stuart, we'll take a short pause for this week's Positive UK Manufacturing News. There's lots more to come, so don't worry. Um, coming up now is our special guest, Curtis Bly from Portsmouth-based XL Metal Spinning. Curtis, welcome. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. How are you guys doing? Yeah, it's all good, uh, all good this side of the airways. But just to start with, we, we like to hear a little bit about yourself, your career to date, and uh, your current role and responsibilities at Excel? Yeah, so really it began uh, at Excel when I was at work experience. It started off when I was a young teen, uh, sort of learnt the ropes uh, in a manufacturing environment. 
Um, it wasn't until the year after, uh, after I've just left school, um, that I was really introduced into the marketing role. Um, it, it started off in social media, if anything. Uh, I was more so learning the ropes of uh, marketing, uh, learning how to really communicate the brand's values uh, and what we stand for, and of, of course, what we do. Um, and that's always been a challenge um, throughout my career. I've been there nine years, coming up to 10 years now in total. Um, and the challenge really with metal spinning is always about educating the audience. Um, and yet, it's also about promoting the service at the same time. So it's, always, it's, it's almost two hats I'm wearing at any given time um, to be the teacher, but also to be the solution to a, a lot of needs. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I've worked there since I got some school, so I went through college as well, where I, I learned my business management, and then I went through to university as well, um, where I studied my degree in marketing. Um, and throughout all that, I had the, the support of Excel, and I, I suppose I had a quite a unique position um, where I learned marketing skills from scratch uh, with Excel, and then I was also able to apply a lot of the theory-based um, education that I was getting from both college and university in a real-world environment. So, yeah, I was really thankful for Excel and their support. Um, of course, I've worked as well for uh, in, in the Made in Britain organisation, um, and I, I worked there part-time whilst I was studying at my, my degree. So I had two part-time jobs, um, and at the same time, I was also writing a dissertation. So uh, I was under pressure a lot there. But yeah, I pulled through. But again, it, it, it widened my scope and widened my understanding of the manufacturing industry, their needs, their requirements. Um, and yeah, it's been a really interesting journey so far. Yeah, sounds like it. Two jobs and a dissertation. It must be a walk in the park just having a job. <laughs> and, you know, it's a lot easier. I'll put it that way. I think from a dissertation, what it's given me is that, that skill and that speed to write blog posts. So 1,500 word blog posts is like a, an introduction to the dissertation for me. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a skill worth having. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And just you mentioned Excel Metal Spinning uh, a number of times. Can you just give us an, an overview of the business and where you are currently? Yeah, so uh, Metal Spinning itself. So Excel specializing obviously in the name Metal Spinning. And Metal Spinning, what that is, is um, forming anti-symmetrical metal components. And, in short, for those that don't know what metal spinning is, it's basically like pottery, but with metal. Um, so we form a variety of symmetrical shapes that are cylindrical. So you think your, your tubes, your cones, your venturi shapes. Um, and they're used for a wide variety of applications. So these could be sub-assembled parts for big supply chains uh, in the aerospace, in the automotive, in the oil and gas industries. Um, or they could be more artisan bespoke type uh, design. Uh, so you could be thinking your uh, home and kitchenware products, your uh, outdoor fire pits, etc. So yeah, there's a wide variety of needs, and uh, I think over these, I mean, over the years I've been working with um, Excel, what it's highlighted is the need for metal spinning in supply chains. And unfortunately, it's one of those crafts where it's gone under the radar a little bit, and my job really is to really put that back on the map. Absolutely, and uh, fascinating background. And yeah, thanks for, for joining us this morning, Curtis. I love that um, description, pottery with metal. Um, that's, that's very good. Um, there's been an awful lot going on. Uh, anybody who follows you on social media, 
you know, recent investments, expansion into business, um, job creation. Can you please give us an overview of what's been going on in recent times as you've been growing the, growing the business there in, in Portland? Yeah, so it's been quite an extraordinary moment uh, for the past two years, really. I mean, we've had the pandemic and, I mean, for, for us, we, we see a slight hit in terms of our sales, but really it's been business as usual. Um, and since the pandemic, since the first lockdown opened up, we've seen um, quite a large, uh, quite a few projects coming through our door, so to speak. Um, yeah, I mean, since this uh, since the lockdown's been uh, lifted, um, yeah, we've been in a, a very strong position, and like I say, we we've just uh, invested uh, a quarter of a million pound into the company. Um, and what this has opened up is additional services. So we're looking at a new complete machine shop with laser cutting, milling, uh, turning, etc., um, to be able to offer that complete solution for our customers and future customers as well. But that in turn has generated five new jobs. So we've welcomed three new apprentices into the company and we're also welcoming two new marketeers as well. So, yeah, it, it, it's a very good time to be at Excel at the moment and uh, the future is looking very bright. Really good to hear. And um, I don't know if you said, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say a lot of the people who are in the industrial hotbeds, you know, the Midlands, Northwest, South uh, York, whatever, you know, you're in Portsmouth. Um, does that present its own challenges, you know, with regards to recruiting does it, or other opportunities there because, you know, there's fewer manufacturers in that region? I think we're in, arguably in a quite a good position in Portsmouth. Um, we're located next to the key transport links, uh, both nationally and internationally. Um, I think travel's never been too much of an issue in terms of where we're located and, uh, and supply and supply chains across the country. Um, We've been supplying as far north as Scotland. Um, we've been supplying as far out as Germany. So it, it, we're in quite a, a good position strategically um, with the ports in Portsmouth and Southampton, and also the main motorways as well that go through the whole of the UK. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's not been a problem at all. And if anything, it's been, uh, I suppose, it's, it's been quite beneficial for the company as well. Um, if you look around as well on the maps, there's a, a, multiple other metal spinning companies as well, uh, sort of like pickpocket around the south coast. So, yeah, I think I think the position, yeah, I, I'd say we're as competitive uh, in the south as we would be in the Midlands. No good to hear, and uh, nothing said I can see well be advantageous. And going back to your probably first love, because uh, the marketing and like say you know distinguished nine year career already through. Uh, Man. Um, and uh, the quality and content and, and variety of the content that you through social media is extraordinary. Um, you know, we've talked in the past about your video content and you in-house. Do you mind just giving an overview of what the strategy is? Um, if people aren't, aren't familiar with your work, with the type of content that you typically out in any given week. And also, if you wouldn't mind just sharing some advice for, you know, with other SME manufacturers that are possibly, you know, looking to and follow your lead. Hey, thank you as well for, for, for the compliments on that. It means I'm doing my job right. Um, but you know, like you say, where I started from scratch, a lot of it has been experimental. Um, I've been sort of tweaking it here and there, uh, learning new things. Um, I'm always uh, learning online. So the, one of the recommendations I'd have for anyone that's uh, following a similar career path to me would be to look at your HubSpot, your Hootsuite training, um, your Google Digital Carriage. 
they have loads of free resources there um, and that can really help um, people who want to pursue a career in marketing um, really understand the concepts of social media marketing in particular, content marketing as well. Um, and yeah, it, it, it sort of outlines some strategies as well that you can put in place. Uh, I think what's been important for Excel really uh, is that educational side. Um, as, as I said earlier, it's, it's been quite difficult educating people by word of mouth. Um, when you're trying to explain the process of metal spinning, it, it's always hard to picture. Um, and one of the things that we recently looked into is actually trying to find platforms where we can visually uh, present what metal spinning is and actually give people a clearer vision um, into the step-by-step -step process behind the, pro uh, behind the craft. Um, so yeah, video has been, has been really important for us. Um, using platforms like Twitter, like Instagram, where we can showcase visually uh, what it is we actually do. Um, and we, yeah, like you said, we've seen a huge success, um, particularly on Instagram, actually. Um, we've only been doing it really for six months, uh, but uh, one of our videos have already reached 1.4 million views, um, and we're averaging in the hundreds of thousands of views. Um, and all it is is a quick time-lapse videos uh, that showcase from start to finish uh, the metal spinning process from, yeah, like you say, sheet metal, uh, cylindrical discs into the actual final component. So, yeah, I think, if anything, I think you, all SMEs have a story to tell. And for Excel, our story is being told visually. So, I think it's understanding your company's story and being able to express that through either images, videos. And I think in the industry in its entirety, we have the benefit of being able to show our craft and what we actually manufacture. Um, some people always go, oh, it's, it's boring what we do. But we, we initially thought that to begin with. We thought, oh, well, we do this job all the time. It's, it's, I mean, you ask one of our metal spinners uh, who, who do uh, batches of a thousand. Um, they're like, oh, I, I don't want to see this. But yet other people do. And it was clear to see the 1.4 million views um, in that single video that we thought was quite a basic job, wouldn't generate as much interest, if anything. Uh, and we sort of took it on the, took it on the chin, really, to, to really post it to see what would happen. And yeah, like you say, it, it has generated interest. And I think that's a, quite a, a big motivator for the company, for the employees to see that their job is really interesting. And I think with other manufacturers, they have the ability to show that through video and to be able to generate that interest in their company. Yeah, it's, it, it's fascinating, isn't it? I'll, I'll, I'll just give you a follow. So there we are. You've got an extra follow on Instagram now. <laughs> but uh, the, the next one, really, let, let's talk about new product ranges launched for the, um, you know, the B2C market, the business-to-consumer to market. What can you tell us about that, Curtis? Yeah, so it's, it's quite a new project, actually, and it's, it's something that we've been really thinking about since the government announced its plans of uh, really reducing our carbon footprint as much as possible. Um, and one of the issues that we found, um, particularly in, in our, our trade, was that if a customer no longer wanted a material, a tool, sorry, um, basically that's the mold uh, that the sheet metal would go over to form the components, um, they'd sometimes scrap it. And that would obviously be a burden on the environment. Um, you'd also think as well about the long-term costs behind that um, in terms of actually creating the tooling as well. You think of the pollution that's caused. Um, so rather than actually scrapping the tooling, we wanted to upcycle 
to and reuse it for something that's going to benefit, I suppose, the environment in the way of we're not actually going through that whole process of melting it down, and et cetera, et cetera. But also at the same time to look into another revenue stream. I think what this pandemic has done is really opened our eyes into the possibilities of what metal spinning can do and also the dangers of not adapting to shifting environments. Um, and so, yeah, we looked at a couple of, uh, of, of scrapped tool that was going for scrap, shall I say, uh, and we come up with a, a, a few products. So we, we've got some tools in here that we've just used to make uh, uh, tea trays, uh, fire pits, um, herb and spice pots. So it really ranges from that. And I think we're, we're looking into uh, really putting a plan in place to really export that as well. Um, but there's been a huge interest for British made goods um, and services abroad. So it, yeah, it, it, it's finding those markets uh, and really targeting them with a, a whole new product range. So in itself, I mean, Excel, um, the B2B side of the business is doing really well. And there's a, a potential for a B2C aspect of the business too. So yeah, I've got my hands full of that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good idea. Diversification, you know, we've seen a lot of that during the pandemic and no doubt that will continue as people, you know, use their entrepreneurial tendencies. But Curtis, many thanks for coming on the podcast. It's uh, It's been an education. I, I, I do follow you on most of your social media channels anyway, but like I said, I'll thanks just give you a follow on Instagram as well. So thanks for coming on and I hope everyone at home has learned a little bit about metal spinning yourself and more importantly, Excel Metal Spinning. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed my time here. Stuart, that was that was an interesting interview from Curtis. Obviously, we've spoke with Curtis uh, before off microphone, if you like. But like you say, not a lot of people possibly would know what metal spinning meant before today's podcast. No, not at all. I and mean, they do, uh, as Curtis said, the half his job is is educating people, and and with the quality and uh, of the content put out, especially the videos, they're always really well received. And you know, um, really pleased to see that they're expanding and investing in Portsmouth. Sure. Um, speaking of new investment, let's get back on with a, a few more news stories before we have to wrap up. Uh, Tribe Technology, they've opened a new factory here in the UK. Yeah, more inward investment. So based in Perth, Australia, Tribe Technology designs, manufactures autonomous drill rigs um, for the minerals industry. Um, it's opened a new design and manufacturing enterprise way in County Antrim. Uh, a drilling system will be, new drilling facility will be exported to its customers in Australia and later globally. This multi-million pound investment is expected to create around about um, 150 jobs. Nice story. <clears throat> I wonder if it's got anything to do with the, the, the recent deal we've signed with them, but I guess we'll never know. But uh, JCB have launched another recruitment drive, haven't they? That must be what? Crikey five, six of the year. It's incredible, really. Astonishing, it really is, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, the British manufacturer is producing 100 new welders for its strategy of factories as demand for its products continues to These are all permanent roles and new recruits will be based at JCD's World Headquarters, plants in Cheadle and Utopia. Um, and as you say, the news comes as demand for it being three business buyers with products now sold out until next year. So far this year, Jason remarkably has recruited 1,350 new top employees and also handed permanent contracts to around about 1,080 staff. So I'm sure we'll be covering JCB on uh, each podcast. Incredible nine months for the company. Yeah, incredible. <clears throat> Fantastic story. 
Um, this next one, I, I will admit, it's not a company I've come across before this week, um, but it's quite an exciting one. It's um, the mass. It's been masterminded by a 29 year old uh, female whilst juggling a young baby. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, Juice Executive? Yeah, a little bit um, um, to, to add what you just said. I mean, the British manufacturer Juice Executive, one of the UK's leading producers of cold pressed beef drinks, is investing 1.1 million pound in funding its Chatham factory in Kent. As you say, it's you know, it, it, it's a fascinating story, really. It's run by a 29-year-old entrepreneur, Alexandra Ogon. I hope I've pronounced her, her name correctly. This marks the second phase of, of the um, family-owned firm's investment in in just seven years. So, yeah, remarkable trajectory uh, that company's on. Um, and the last one, uh, Rivian. It's, it, we've touched on this on on. on on previous podcasts, but I'm hoping you've got an update for us. I know there's something, you know, some rumours flying around. Yeah, there's uh, um, a couple of the media outlets have, have covered this, and I, I think it is, I think it is clear, I must admit. So, reportedly, uh, yeah, let's not have it, um, executive from the American car maker are flying into the UK next week to assess a potential site and set for a giant electric car factory, which would be its first outside the US. Um, We've mentioned before, any investment by the California-based manufacturer is likely to exceed £1 billion. The number of jobs set to be created directly and across the supply chain are well into the thousand. So really hope this this comes off. And uh, and this is the same size, actually, that, that um, Tesla will be rumoured to, to be looking at. So, you know, we'll, we're not greedy. You know, we'll take one of the other. You know, Tesla or Rivian into Somerset would be would be great. Yeah, <clears throat> I find it incre- incredible this Rivian story. Like, if if the UK pull this off, and no doubt they want uh, government support, but you know, it's not like uh, a German manufacturer coming over. It's pretty. It's pretty much. It's fair to say an unknown manufacturer to the UK, isn't it? So it's it it it'd just be. It's basically they're starting from scratch. It would it would be quite you know quite a feather in the cap for the UK manufacturing sector, wouldn't it? I know absolutely, and, and if they do it, and sure others will will follow. And as we said that at the beginning of the show, Joe, you almost every week we're talking about electric vehicle development. There's, you know, as long as the infrastructure is there, um, these companies are going to be, yes, the government supports. They need the infrastructure. They need the supply chain. So hopefully, um, some Rivian or Tesla, or ideally both, will, will come to the UK and set up a plant. Yeah, like you say, don't worry, Elon. We'll, we'll find you somewhere as well. Don't worry, there's plenty of room here on this little island. But, Stu, that's all we've got time for, unfortunately, this week. Um, for people listening at home, we do not get a chance to cover all the positive UK manufacturing sector. We do, we do, uh, we do like to cut this short. Um, please do go to the website, mtdmfg.com. Also, we have an app. Uh, it's available for pretty much every, well, yeah, every smartphone, whether you're Android or Apple. Please go to your relevant uh, app store. Uh, big thank you to Stuart. It's been great having you on yet again. Um, our guest this week, Curtis Bly of Excel Metal Spinning. But as always, the biggest thank you is for you for listening at home. We will catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG.